Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Podcast One Minnesota production. For those who simply can't get enough talk about the Vikings, we present Bonus Chatter. Bonus Chatter about your favorite team that's unscripted, unfiltered, and uninterrupted. This is another edition of 1500 ESPN's Purple Podcast. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Purple Podcast. Matthew Collar here with you, and joining me for today's episode is Eric Smith, a writer for Vikings.com. And the reason I have brought Eric here to my home on our off day from uh, training camp is to discuss his piece on Randy Moss, in which he talked to every quarterback except one that threw a touchdown in their career to Randy Moss or in Randy Moss's career, they threw touchdowns to him. So how many did it add up to Eric? Well, hello, first of all. Hi, good to happy see to you. have you. It's Thank a podcast. You. We get right into it. Uh, is this my inaugural visit on the pot on the podcast? I don't believe you've been on before. No. Well, thank you for having me. I may have cited something that you wrote at some point, but other than that, this is the first time people are hearing you. I'm a frequent listener, so you do a good job. Oh, thank you very much. Okay. So you spent a really long time tracking down all of these quarterbacks. What was it? Do you remember the total? How many touchdowns he has? Moss, yeah. Moss has 156 career receiving touchdowns, which is second all time. And there's 13 quarterbacks in Randy's quarterback club, which is what I called my my long form feature on Vikings.com. Um, yeah, and I talked to 12 of them, uh, starting from his career in 98 to when he finished his final year was in San Francisco in 2012. Um, yeah, it was. Uh, he played a while, and there were a lot of interesting names and, and good stories in there. There are some tremendous names, and anyone who listens to this podcast will be well aware of my love and joy for career backup quarterbacks. So we will get to some of them. But I want to start with Brad Johnson. So here's Brad Johnson in 1998 having to sit and watch Randall Cunningham throw all these touchdowns to Randy Moss. But Brad Johnson got the first one. So what did Brad Johnson have to say about getting the first one to Randy Moss and then having to, I mean, it must be torture to sit there and see another quarterback be able to just wing the ball in the air and Randy Moss jumping over people to get it. Right, right. And that, when I came up with the idea for this project, Johnson was, I, I knew he was obviously the first one on the list, you know, um, and he threw the first two touchdowns of Randy's career. But I really wanted to talk to him and ask him just that, you know, man, you could you could have been the guy in 98, <laughs> right. you know, it, it could have been you. Um, 
And first of all, Brad Johnson was great. He got back to me, I think, within 15 minutes of me reaching out to him. Um, his memory is incredible. I mean, if you, if you read the piece, he – so like I said, he threw the first two touchdowns to Randy. Within two minutes, he's rattling off the play call of, of what it was. <laughs> and this was 20 years ago. Um, but, yeah, I asked him that. I'm like, you know, do you have any sense of, you know, remorse or, you know, it was a bittersweet that year in 98? And he said no. You know, I mean, he said, you know, would I have liked to play that year? Of course. But what I didn't realize is that he uh, had had neck surgery the year before in 97. And he said, you know, his strength the year before was pretty much zapped. Mm -hmm. I mean, his quote to me was that he couldn't even hold a pencil in his hand. You know, so for him to even make it back on the field in 98 was just, you know, a, a huge win for him. And then he gets hurt again, obviously, in week two. You know, he, he breaks his ankle. And then Randall comes in and, you know kind of the rest of history. So if he doesn't break his ankle, maybe he's not able to do some of the same things Randall Cunningham did because Johnson was still battling with that injury. True. True. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously Randall Cunningham probably had a little bit of a, of a stronger arm. Um, but, you know, it worked out for Brad Johnson. He did went on go on to win a Super Bowl. And Cunningham really wanted you to know in this piece that he had a stronger arm than people give him credit for at that point because – it was always on every broadcast, and when you go back and watch the highlights, it's just throw it as far as you can. You can't overthrow this guy, right? But Cunningham, I like in your article where he's kind of like, no, no, it, it wasn't the farthest I could throw it, um, which, <clears throat> yeah, it was. Pretty much. I mean, <laughs> you know, a lot of them were even coming up short, and Moss would just come back to the ball and make the plays. But he had to be pretty interesting, too, because that year is so random that it's Randall Cunningham and so memorable. He was good. He was good. I'd talked to him previously um, for when Moth had gone into the Ring of Honor last year, um, and, and he was really good on that. Um, he, his schedule was kind of hectic this time around, so I just got him for a few minutes. He, he had good stuff to say, um, but um, I think there were, in terms of uh, gleaning some good stories and some good quotes, um, there were some other guys on the list who, who were just pretty much gold. Well, one that I really liked was Jeff George. And when you think of a pure talent combination, if you were just going out there seven on seven and you wanted to be any team in history, you might pick Jeff George with his arm throwing to Randy Moss. That would be unstoppable. And I love Jeff George's story talking about when he first got there and first got to throw with Randy Moss. Yeah, Jeff George was great to talk to you. I the fun thing about this project was that, you know, you 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 know the names, you know, just being a football fan growing up, you you know who Jeff George is. I forgot that he was the number one overall pick. Yeah, you know, yeah, I, Colts. I mean, I was also one when he was picked, so you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, his his story that he said, you know, so obviously back then we we were at Winter Park, and he said he comes in and. Um, you know, they're going to have him throw in the, in the indoor facility at Winter Park. And Randy happens to be there and he tells Randy, Hey, you know, j just run it, run a deep post. But he's like, I'm going to throw it to you with my eyes closed. I just want to see if I can do it. <laughs> and, he, and he's telling me the story. I'm like, what do you mean with your eyes closed? You know, I'm like, you got to see where he's at. And he's like, no, I, I can do it. And he said, he did a five step, five step drop. He just bombed it 50 yards down the field, hit him right in stride. And he's like, it was good. You know, and yeah. and that combination, it was only for, you know, a couple games. Um, but, yeah, they, they had eight touchdowns. It, the highlights of Jeff George would make you think he was one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time because the ball comes out of his hand the same way it does for Dan Marino's. And I was just watching Moss highlights the other night. 
whatever it was, all of his 50 yard touchdowns or something like that. And when George releases the ball, it looks different from almost anyone I've ever seen throw the ball aside from Brett Favre and Dan Marino. It's just the laser beam and that combination with Randy Moss. You just wish that Jeff George has had a little bit more there, maybe in terms of his how he processed the game or maybe he didn't have the best attitude back then. And I put that lightly. Sounds like he had a fine attitude when he was talking to you. But (laughs) back when he was playing, he wasn't always famous for being the best teammate. Um, Yeah. What's funny is that. What I thought about a lot during this project, you know, kind of like we said about Brad Johnson, you know, Brad Johnson could have been the guy in 98. Mm-hmm. So Jeff George, you know, when and it, Jeff George played with Randy in 99, you know, and Cunningham um, was, I think, I think he was bent or he was hurt. They didn't. Start yeah, they that. went two and four yeah, and they, they put him on the bench. Yeah. You know, so what, what if Jeff George played with them for another five years, you know, right. but by then they had already drafted in 99, they drafted Dante. Right. You know, so right. like. They he knew Jeff George had to know he wasn't going to be the the long term guy. Right. I think one of the most impressive parts of this piece, which uh, I tweeted it out, it's on your Twitter, it's on Vikings dot com. It's not hard to find. I mean, it's out there. Uh, and Randy Moss re- replied himself to it. He was he replied within five minutes. I was out golfing and I'm like, holy holy f! You know, Randy Moss is replying <laughs> like, and it, he didn't he didn't call me out, but he he. He had like a fun, fun reply, you know, in my story, I called him the freak and I he, see you've changed it to the super freak. I'm like, heck yeah, I'm going to change it. You know, if, <laughs> yeah, if right. Randy Moss said it's super freak, then that's what, that's what we're going with. That's right. But you know, um, yeah, it, it's out there. If you want to check it out, it was, I think I started this project in early May. We started kicking around hall of fame ideas and yeah. so I've just been working on it here and there over the last couple of months. So one of the most impressive parts of this is how you were able to track all these people down because some of them are out of the league. Some of them, I barely know who they are. Uh, but with Dante Culpepper, he's not a guy that's really in the media a whole lot. I, I haven't heard much from him at all since I moved here in the beginning of 2016. I don't remember him doing much media. What did Culpepper remember about Moss? And I, and I wonder when you talk to him, we were going over with Brad Johnson. Like, do you wish there was more there? I mean, Culpepper's got a little bit of that same thing with the knee injury. And you wonder how much better he would have been, or if he would have continued to play at that level, if he didn't have that too. Right. Right. Yeah. So, so Dante is, is the number one person on the list in terms of number of touchdowns. He threw 53 to Randy, uh, in the time they played together for, I think it was parts of five seasons, almost five seasons total with injuries. Um, yeah, you know, and you wonder if he had been healthy, you know, if Randy hadn't been traded, you know, because, you know, Randy showed in 2007 that he still had it. Right. You know, so imagine if Randy played another four or five years with, with Dante, you know, that could have been a lethal combination for an entire decade rather than just five years. Now, Dante didn't happen to bring up the lateral. Allow me to promo my article as well that I worked on for Moss going to the I'll allow it. It's great. I, I read it. Nick Ferguson is a savage, and he had me <laughs> laughing so hard. Yes, I had a chance to talk to the guy that nearly tackled Randy Moss before he lateraled to Mo Williams, and I also spoke with Mo Williams as well. And what you're alluding to is that Nick Ferguson 
called out everybody. And my guess is that he's friends with those guys still, so he felt comfortable doing that. And Nick is also a great personality. He's done broadcasting and stuff like that. So we were having a great time recounting it, but he's still mad at everyone who stopped playing, thinking that Randy was going to go down and they were going to go into the half. And it was great listening to him talk about just demoralizing opponents. And I'm sure from you talking to all these quarterbacks too, you got the same impression that it wasn't just that he would make highlight real plays. It was that, he was impossible to stop and he could do things that you couldn't even imagine him doing. And there's a level of intimidation there. That's incredible. Yeah. And it's kind of like what you said, you have a big love and affinity for backup quarterbacks. You know, so I talked to Todd Bauman. He's on the list. You know, he had four <laughs> touchdowns. He played two games. I think he started two games with the Vikings. He threw four touchdowns to Randy. I would do the same. Okay. He, he actually started three games in his career for the Vikings. And he threw four touchdowns to Randy. And one of them, the one he said that impressed him the most, if you look at the highlight of it, it was just a bubble screen that Randy just juked and evaded half the defense, and he mm-hmm. went 75 yards. <laughs> yeah. You know? And and that's the, the part that we sort of leave out of our memories with Randy Moss is he could run if they hand him the ball. He could punt return. He could take a bubble screen all the way. One of them against Dallas, I think, in that famous Thanksgiving game is a bubble screen. He just goes all the way. Yeah, I think it's just a quick out pass. Um, and if you watch that that clip on YouTube, if you watch it closely, you can see Mike Zimmer on the sideline. <laughs> you know, he looks, yes. you know, he's 20 years younger, but he, he still looks pretty pissed. Now, there's a great story in here from a guy that I talked to last year and had a great time talking to, which is Gus Farad. And he was talking about playing it a game where Randy was hurt. Randy was trying to play through an injury and he didn't throw it to Randy on a play. Fill in the rest for me. Did Gus tell you the same story? No, he didn't, but he told you the story. So I want you to tell the rest. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, (laughs) you know, Gus is another guy who only played, I think two games. He started two games in 2003, but he threw five touchdowns to Randy, you know? So Randy just inflated the stats for a lot of these guys. I have so much respect for these backup quarterbacks. who are like, you know what? I'm just going to throw the ball to Randy Moss and see what happens. Pretty much. Yeah. So Gus was telling me that it was, I think, week three in 2003. And I think Cole Pepper was injured. So he goes in and they're playing the Lions. And apparently Randy had a bad back that game. And so, you know, Gus was telling me how, you know, a lot of teams ran cover two where they had a safety over the top to kind of help out with, with the deep ball. And Gus came in and, uh, Randy tells him, you know, I don't care what the play is. I'm just going to run by the safety. <laughs> and Gus is like, oh, okay, okay, whatever. You know, so he goes, Gus, you know, the play goes on. Gus doesn't throw him the ball. And so Randy comes back to the huddle, and he and Gus is like, he is irate. <laughs> you know, and he's, he's yelling at me, you know, he's like, I'm going to put my hand up and run by the safety, throw me the ball. And for Gus, you're like, well, of course, Randy wants going for the ball. You know, so he throws it up, play goes for 72 yards. It wasn't a touchdown. Randy got tackled at the three, hmm. but that was the first completed pass from Farrat for, for to Moss. Um, Andrew Walter is one of the great names on this list. One of the great names in backup quarterback history, I think, just for me, because anybody who randomly ends up starting a half a season or a season and basically never plays again is just my favorite. And Andrew Walter has one of the worst careers ever in, in terms of a number standpoint. L- listen to this. Yeah, I know you looked it up, but this is, you found a great way 
to make something sound good about him in Oakland. In 2006, he went two and six with three touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and was sacked 46 times in eight starts. Andrew Walter. And here's what you came up with. And your politeness here is just tremendous. You came up with his highest touchdown percentage came when throwing to Randy Moss. That's that's good work there. Well, first of all, I have a deep <laughs> affinity for Andrew Walter. As you can tell by the hat I'm wearing, I am a graduate of Arizona State. I didn't know Andrew Walter was Arizona State guy. Andrew Did you Walter, guys reflect? Andrew Walter is Arizona State's all-time leading passer. You know, and so I was... Uh, so you were nervous. I mean, you're talking to all these uh, other you know, quarterbacks. You're like, who who cares about you? But when I got Jeff Walter George, on the phone. But Andrew yeah, Walter, I was, I was okay. Now this shaking. is big man on campus. We reflected <laughs> a little bit. He uh, His career was in the mid-2000s, and I didn't get to ASU until 2007. Oh, okay. So I I literally just missed his career. Um, But you know what? For as bad as, as that team was, and maybe his stats, his stats don't look great, you know, yeah, he threw three, literally three career touchdowns. Every single one of them to Randy, including Randy's 100th touchdown of his career. 100th touchdown catch. That's pretty awesome. And he only threw three touchdowns that season, 06, and he ends up getting the 100th touchdown. I think stories like that is what made this project fun. You know, because you're like, I I came up with the list and I'm like, well, who are some of these guys? And and what's their story? And yeah. I think Walter might be one of my favorite, you know, chapters per se in this entire piece, just because he was also great about it. He, mm-hmm. he knew, yeah, you know, like right. if, if you read the quote, he's like, you know, our time in Oakland was not easy, very difficult. You know, we didn't want to win a lot of games. You know, he knows it was bad. Yeah, yeah. But he also says, hey, I threw three. I threw all three of my touchdowns to Randy. So hey, there's that. That is the reason that I love backup quarterbacks. It's not that I just want to make fun of them because they're so random and they end up on Madden games from 2006 that when I pull out, I can be like, oh yeah, that guy, that's part of it. But also they usually end up having great stories. I mean, the starters have great stories too, but everyone knows all those. Mm -hmm. The backups, we talked on this podcast with Matt Blanchard, who... No one would really know unless you're from Wisconsin. Maybe I, I don't you, know who that is. Yeah, yeah. He was a practice squad guy with Green Bay, went to Wisconsin Whitewater, and then briefly with the the Bears to a couple other teams. But he ended up as a practice squad guy for behind Aaron Rodgers, Andrew Luck, and Cam Newton at different points. So here is this guy that you don't really know, but he got to spend every day with three of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. So he's got great stories and and great analysis from seeing them right there out on the field. And a lot of these backup quarterbacks, it's the same way. And you probably also eventually develop some pride in it and a little bit where you could pick on yourself. And I think that's probably Andrew Walter, but the, the great part of his section is talking about Randy as a person. And this is what I really like what you did here with this piece, is you got everyone to talk about him beyond the field because he was adversarial sometimes with the media, mm-hmm. which made it harder for them to talk about him as a person. But Andrew Walter tells a story here of Randy Moss spending like $10,000 to make sure that he got all of his tickets so he could get his family in to see him play. Right. And, and, and that's the stuff people don't know about. Right. And... You know, I kind of wondered how to balance that, you know, because I, I do work for the Vikings, right? And so I didn't want, you know, people to think, oh, he's just writing this puff piece on Randy Moss. But 
it was genuine. You know, I didn't I didn't ask people tell me all the good things about Randy Moss and like let's make this a, a, a great portrait of Randy Moss. All I asked him was, you know, do you have a, a favorite memory or you know w- what what was it like to be around Randy every day? Just I wanted to get their honest opinion. And yeah, pretty much every guy had had good stuff to say. Some of it didn't make it in to the story. You know, I had to kind of you know edit it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you know, Randy gets that reputation, you know, of, of maybe not being the most easy guy to work with all the time, especially mm-hmm. for media. You know, I'm sure, you know, there were tough times for everyone. But, I mean, his teammates loved him, you know, and Kerry uh, Collins said the same thing. He's mm-hmm. like, I love Randy as a teammate. And I've found the same thing talking with other players that played with him, that the way they viewed him inside the locker, Mo Williams told me this for the lateral piece, is he said no player was there ever a bigger gap between what people thought outside and what people thought inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they didn't look at him like a diva. They didn't look at him like a guy who didn't try because they saw him Monday through Saturday, too, out on the practice field. And a lot of these guys talk about how fun he was to practice with and how competitive he was at practice. Well, that's something that the media is not seeing all the time. Right. Maybe you just get little little glimpses of that, but you don't see on a daily basis what it's like to go out there and compete with him. And that's why the perspective is so interesting. Now, Favre. You got, you got to email back and forth with Favre, which, by the way, um, Brett emails kind of like all of our mom's email. You all know? caps just Right, <laughs> right. Um, but not the best grammar. Exactly. But he's got, well, my mom is a, uh, reading teacher, so good grammar. She, she has good grammar. Maybe I, I will say grandparents will email with the capital letters and the, the exclamation points and, and things like that. But, uh, Red Favre had some cool stories and he really didn't play with Moss a ton. It was only a handful of games when Randy came back in 2010. And what's funny is, you know, I, uh, as I'm working on the piece, you know, I, I tried to keep it pretty low key. You know, I, I didn't want a lot of people to know I was working on it because I didn't want anyone to steal my idea. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, the, the couple people maybe around the organization, you know, I, I think I probably told you about it somewhat early, you know, and I just for fun, I'd be like, well, can you name some of the guys? Yeah. And n- almost everyone forgot that Favre threw him a touchdown. And what's right. ironic is that Moss caught Favre's 500 career touchdown. Of all the guys, you know, yeah. of all the guys, you would think that, you know, the two guys who were division rivals for years, you know, and, and were, you know, at the top of their game, that somehow, some way down the road, that Randy would catch far as 500 touchdowns. So, uh, again, Vikings.com is the place to find it. Or uh, where? what's your Twitter? They can follow you on Twitter. See it your is stuff. Eric underscore L underscore Smith. Oh, boy. I have a pretty common last name, so I have a pretty... Uh, Unique Twitter handle. The underscores, though. Brutal. It's just awful. My last name, man. They make it so hard to find. I know. What are you going to do? You are headed to Canton, which is why I invited you over today to do this. Uh, So what are you looking forward to the most about seeing Randy Moss go in the Hall of Fame? I think actually his induction speech on Saturday night because... Definitely. Who knows what what, what we're going to get. Right. I mean... You know, he. Uh, I'm sure. He'll, I'm sure he'll have some great stories to tell. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, personally, I'm excited just to see the Hall of Fame. I've never been there, um, and I don't know when I'll be able to go back after this. Um, you know, it's kind of a, a cool personal moment to go see it. Um, and you know, just because like, you know, Randy is such a 
a beloved figure for Vikings fans. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, um, I imagine there's going to be a lot of purple there. Yeah. And I think pe- so. people are going to be fired up to see him go in. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to a, a fun weekend. The speech, definitely. And when he gets to talking about Dennis Green is the part that I'm looking forward to the most mm-hmm. because we got, when we had a press we had, conference. We had, we, had, we had a small glimpse of that. Yeah. And it was, I mean, he really opened up then, which I think surprised all of us um, just to go in the ring of honor and to open up to the media like that. It was very surprising mm-hmm. and kind of shows you where Randy Moss is in his life now, as opposed to where he might've been when he was very defensive with the media. And that this is the opportunity, I think, for him to let it all loose and say whatever he wants to get out there. So could it be a Michael Jordan moment? I was going to say, right? maybe, maybe it's like MJ, yeah. Because I don't think that he ever let go the draft thing. I think that still drives him. I think he thinks about it on a daily basis now that he can't believe he was drafted where he was drafted. Where do you think he would have been picked? Number two behind Peyton Manning? Yeah, I think so. Or number three. I mean, number three, probably Ryan Leaf still. You think so? Well, I mean, he was a great prospect. Uh, he yeah, busted he not so much because of his arm or anything. It was really just because of his head. But quarterbacks being as valuable as they are probably. But Charles I mean, Woodson was also up there. He'd go before Woodson, I think. I think so, too. For me. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, clearly in any other draft that doesn't have Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf was thought to be that sort of generational prospect, too, any draft that doesn't have those guys, he's the number one overall pick, which would have been insane for a wide receiver, but he was that dominant. And my favorite thing about watching his highlights is just when he throws the hand up. Like you mentioned, that's why I loved reading the Gus Farad part. Is Again, Yeah, with the Lions, yeah. Yeah, when he just throws the hand up and it's like this guy is running full speed with his hand in the air and the guy who's guarding him probably runs a 4-4 or under and still has no chance. It's incredible. So, well, I hope you have a great time and look forward to your Vikings.com coverage. And thanks for stopping by my house to record this. I appreciate it. And I appreciate all of you taking the time to listen to the Purple Podcast. We'll talk to you again soon.